Well, welcome to Faithbrook Church, everyone here who is on site. For those of you joining in online and even watching later on demand, it is so, so good that we can worship together this morning. If we haven't had the chance to meet yet, my name is Mike Delgallo. I serve as a Connections Pastor here on staff. And if you are a guest with us, maybe this is your very first time joining in. Maybe you have been joining in for a few weeks. Well, either way, I just want to give you a special and warm welcome and just thank you for taking time out of your week to join in with us. In fact, if you are here on site, I want to encourage you to reach into the seat back in front of you and to grab one of these connection cards. And if you would be so kind to fill this out, and at the end of the service, you could drop it off into one of the offering boxes as you exit the worship worship center. You can also go to faithbrook.church forward slash guests, and you can fill out a connection card there as well. Well, whether you fill out a physical or digital connection, card, two things will happen. The first is I would love to personally just thank you for uh, taking time to join in with us this week. And second, on behalf of Faithbrook, we would love to make a $5 donation on your behalf to one of the local nonprofit ministry partners, Cross Ministries. And this is just a little thing that we do every single week, one to celebrate just you joining in because we love it when guests join in and uh, join us on the weekend. And uh, two is just a way that we can uh, be involved in local community outreach. This is one of our focuses and a way that we can be involved in blessing our community. So I look forward to connecting with you, getting a chance to meet you, and making that donation on your behalf. One of the passions here at Faithbrook is generosity, and that's not just financially, but that we would be generous in all aspects of our lives. And this is just one of the ways that we can live out our mission to love God, to love people, and journey together. And in this fall season, we are partnering with Cross, and we are taking donations for non-perishable food goods and hygiene products for Cross Food Shelf over the course of this next week. And if you don't know who crosses. They are a food shelf, and they provide goods for those families who are in need. However, in this season, throughout fall and up to Christmas, it's one of their busiest times of the year. And in fact, they give out a lot of food. And this is the time where their shelves start to get a little thin. So we are partnering with them and helping uh, them to keep their shelves uh, fully stocked so that they can meet the needs of the community. And this is just a great way that we can uh, uh, be generous and help to make sure that we can uh, meet the needs of the, the those in the community. So for next weekend, we'll be taking uh, donations. It could be uh, one can. It could be many things that you can bring. Whatever it is, no gift is too small, and everything makes a huge difference. And you could bring it next week on Sunday when you show up for church, or you could drop it off during the week during church hours. And we are so thankful. And if you walked in, as you uh, noticed already, the uh, great food and stuff that we've already gotten. So uh, if you want to uh, be a part of that, you can uh, do that. And more details are on the Church Center app under events. Well, this time we're going to uh, invite our lead pastor, Jim Comfort, to uh, give our message this morning as we continue our series, Win the Day. It was 1847, and America wanted to connect with Canada on the upper peninsula of New York State. Well, there was one problem. There was a massive river called the Niagara, not to mention its falls, and a large gorge. Well, they commissioned a Charles Ellett Jr. to figure out how he could get a bridge or some connections across that gorge and that river. 
So Ellet took his time and started thinking about where's the closest spots that uh, they could build this bridge. And he found a, a couple points. It was 800 feet across. This was his best shot. But how could he do that? He couldn't put a ferry down there and a boat. The river is too rough and rapids and go over the, the falls. So he came up with an ingenious idea to have a kite flying contest with a cash prize. If some child or some person could fly their kite over 800 feet and land that kite in that little string on the other side, then he could pull over a rope, and then the rope could pull over a wire, and the wire could pull over a cable, and eventually there could be a bridge. And that's exactly what he did. He sponsored this kite flying contest, and hundreds of children showed up, the media showed up, the press showed up. It was a big event in 1847. Eventually, someone got their kite across. They flew the kite, and he grabbed that little string, eventually a rope and a wire and a uh, cable came across, and next thing you know is this beautiful, wonderful expansion bridge uh, complete to hold uh, people to locomotives, and there people started traversing back and forth. And eventually, a town would spring up, Niagara Falls, and probably Ellet didn't realize this, but through the many years since the 1800s, that many honeymooners and couples would gravitate to that area and have a great time, all because he was willing to win the day by the idea of flying the kite. Well, welcome to Faith Rook this morning. I'm Jim, so glad that you've come to worship with us on this beautiful uh, Sunday morning. Hope you had a good week. I know the colors are changing. If you're uh, at home watching us, uh, thanks for viewing us and worshiping. It all counts as we come and worship and learn what God wants to do in our life. One of the things we want to learn to do this fall is to win the day. I don't know about you, but life can be demanding. It can be uncertain. It can be stressful. So how does God want us to help us win the day? Now, we've been uh, borrowing, borrowing a book by Pastor Mark Batterson called Win the Day and looking at his seven biblical habits on just taking on life and all the stresses. And we've learned two habits, and today we're going to learn the third habit uh, from his book. But the, the backdrop is the story of the Israelites. Uh, many of you know that um, they were entrapped in Egypt under Pharaoh's power, enslaved, but God had an amazing plan for them, and he wanted them to exit. He wanted them to uh, leave and go into a new land, a new state into their life. Well, this story is found in the Old Testament, especially the first five books of the Old Testament. It's called the Pentateuch. The, the Jewish people call it the Torah, and really has to do with this exodus um, development of this creation of the nation of Israel who is still around today. Genesis gives us the origin, but the second book is Exodus, is really the, the epic event of them leaving. And eventually we get to De Deuteronomy, and that's where we're here today. Because they have been pilgriming through the desert, and now they're on the uh, edge of this new promised land that God uh, promised them. Now, Moses, he's worn out. And we come to Deuteronomy where he's just kind of giving last instructions. And especially in chapter 11, we're going to be focusing on today. And Moses is kind of summarizing and trying to teach the, this, this generation uh, the, the, that there's a new generation. And this new generation wasn't there when they escaped from Egypt. 
uh, but there's a new promise. And in this chapter 11, in this summary, we're going to learn about the three, one of the three habits out of the seven. So let's begin in verse 2, where he says, Remember today that your children were not the ones who saw and experienced the discipline of the Lord your God, his majesty, his mighty hand, his outstretched arm, the signs he performed, and the things he did in Egypt, the heart of Egypt, both to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and to his whole country. In other words, uh, the children today were, were not there. It's been 40 years on this journey that God did some uh, amazing thing. And what he's talking about resembles uh, the first habit that Batterson talks about winning a day, and that is flip the script. Somewhere you got to let God um, start a new story in your life, to let him flip the script. And for the Israelites, they needed a change. They were enslaved. They didn't know anything different. That's what they were being uh, oppressed and taken advantage of. And then God sends this catalyst, this, this Moses guy, and says, you know, I got a new dream for you. I got a new place for you. I even got a, a geographical area. It's called the Promised Land. And, and I want to take you there. And we kind of parallel, uh, parallel that to our own life. A lot of times, um, we just kind of grow up, and before we know it, we are entrapped into some uh, sin and some mindsets, uh, either some, some hurts that have, happen to us, some, some habits that we, we do, or some hang-ups we have before we know it. We're not pleasing to God. Uh, we're far from God, maybe, and uh, we're, we're in jeopardy of this promised land or the eternal life that God has for us. Now, like the Israelites under Pharaoh, Moses said, this is what you need to do. You're going to have to apply the blood. You need to take a lamb, slaughter it, and take that, blood, that lamb's blood, and you need to place it on your doorpost, one on the sides and, and on the top. And when the angel of death comes, the last plague, if he sees the blood that is applied, then you're saved. He's going to pass over you, and you're going to be able to be delivered eventually to the promised land. And that's what happened. And we talked about that. That needs to happen in, in our life. So we're entrapped. Sometimes we know it. Sometimes we don't. But, but God loves us. And, and 5,000 years after the, the blood was applied for the Israelites, Jesus Christ came. And he became the last lamb. He let his body be slaughtered on a cross. And his bloodstains hang there with his wrist and his head, the, the thorn. And if we apply his blood, then we too can be saved. And the day that we pass away physically, there can be a new promised land in heaven and, and uh, with his love. But we need the blood applied to our life. And when we apply that blood, it, there's a new life that begins, a new, not only afterlife, but here today, that we can be free, we can be forgiven, we can be cleansed, and that his love and his um, life comes in us uh, inwardly, and we start living from the inside out versus from the outside in in our life. But we have to flip the script. Now, a lot of times, <clears throat> we, we want God to flip the script. We're, we're willing to go with God, and then all of a sudden, we, we find some obstacles. Well, guess what? Uh, the Israelites also ran into some obstacles. Uh, Moses reminds the people when he says, <clears throat> what he did to the Egyptian army to its horses and its chariots, how he overwhelmed them with the waters of the Red Sea as they were pursuing you, and how the Lord brought lasting ruin on them. It was not your children who saw what he did for you in the wilderness until you arrived at this uh, place. So he brings up this epic 
um, miracle, or really before that was an obstacle, um, these people running into this Red Sea. And uh, they look behind them, and there's this pursuing uh, army, um, uh, Pharaoh coming after them, like, what are we going to do? And last week, we talked about how we view obstacles, and we called them, Batterson calls them the wave. In fact, the second <clears throat> habit he talks about is you've got to learn to kiss the wave. What he's talking about is that <clears throat> when waves come our way of troubles, hardships, afflictions, we're either going to get better through them if we position our heart and our mind, okay, we got this issue right here that we don't like, or, or we're going to run away from them, revert to bad habits, we, we saw the Egyptians, once they saw the Red Sea, uh, they got upset. They started reverting back to really the, the old ways. In fact, that they were like, hey, Moses, why did you bring us out here? We should have been better off back home. Really, when you're enslaved, when your back was being broken every day because of Pharaoh, that, that's where you want to live? And we, and we talked about, man, that's so easy. When, when we run into opposition and there's problems, we revert back. Sometimes it's bitterness. Sometimes it's unhealthy habits that can enslave us, right? Versus uh, navigating our mind and our heart to kiss the wave rather than hate the wave or run away from the wave, but to kiss the wave and say, okay, the, the, the obstacle is the path. It's not the barrier. God wants me to go through it. Sometimes God delivers us out of it. For them, it was the Red Sea. He parted it. It was awesome. They got through that thing. Sometimes God's going to say, man, I need you to go through this because in this, this crucible, in this wave, I'm going to help you discover some things. I need you to mature. I need you to learn to maybe to be a little bit more reliant on me. And, and, and your faith is going to grow because you're going to see how I'm going to be good to you as we just sang, that he's been faithful even though there's been pain and there's been doubts, God can be faithful. And before you know it, he did see us through. So we learned to kiss the wave. Now we come to uh, Batterson's uh, third uh, habit in his book, Winning the Day, and that is to fly this kite. Basically to, to have a little string, right, and fly that kite. And Moses puts it this way to these people. He's positioning to help them go into the promised land. He's coming to the end of his leadership. He's aging out. He's going to hand it over to Joshua. We'll be talking about that next Sunday. Uh, and, he, and he says this. Uh, we need probably, right. So if you faithfully obey the commands I've given you today to love your Lord, your God, and serve him with all your heart, with all your soul, that I will send rain on your land in the season. He's talking about the promised land here both autumn and spring rain, so that you may gather in your grain, your new wine, olive oil. I will provide grass in the fields for your cattle, and you will eat and be satisfied. It's almost like there's a direct correlation between the small things. If you faithfully obey all my commandments, the big ones and the small ones, then I'm going to send the rain. That There's going to be a blessing. See, God sees the eventual uh, Niagara Bridge. He sees the blessing of the city and, and the, the falls. And, and, and when people were flying the kite, they could not imagine that bridge. They could imagine the city and the years of blessings. Uh, but God does. And, and a lot of times we're like, well, Jim, are you saying that if we obey everything that God says that we're going to have this promised land and there's going to be a lot of financial prosperity, there's going to be health and wealth and all this kind of, not necessarily at all. Now, for the Israelites, you know, their, their promised land was not only relationship with God, but it was also a physical 
geographical area that is still there today. Uh, but for us, it's the promised land of the heart, that God has a, a land for us, but it's in our soul, that there's a beautiful relationship that God is yearning for with you. Uh, we get so distracted and we're so selfish half the time, but God's like, would you flip the script? Let me start a new story that we become, uh, that, that I'm not the master and you're scared of me and there's guilt all over the place, but there is such an intimacy that we become, as John 15 says, a friendship that we know, we trust each other, and we go through life together, and that you can live free, you can live whole. We, here at Faithbrook, we, we talk about thriving uh, with Christ, that, that even in difficult relationships, even in difficult circumstances, we know there's an assurance. We don't have to melt down, we don't have to revert back, but it's like, you know, God, God is on my side here, and, and through, with his grace and his help and his power, he's gonna help us through. See, there's a lot of hurt and damage out there that happens in our mind, in our soul. But God, God's promised land is to heal us, to bring us to a wholeness of our heart and our mind. Before we know it, we can be people of love. Can you imagine a promised land that we're not always full of ourselves, worrying what people think about us, worrying if we get our way? Can you imagine a promised land that, that we are so secure, we, we are, our love needs are filled by Christ, that we now can pay attention to other people? Can you imagine being people of light and love and influence that we're like, man, how are you doing? How can I serve you? How can I be generous to you? How does your world use me, God? Can you imagine that kind of a, a, a mindset and an ability in your heart? That's what God's talking about here. I want to take you to the promised land, but you're going to have to allow me to flip the script, to write a new story in your life. And I know there's going to be waves and you've got to be able to to adjust and kiss that wave. And now I'm going to ask you to have it number three, and that is to fly the kite. And basically, the fly the kite is, if you're faithful in the small things, God will show up in the big things. If you're faithful in the small things, God will show up in the big things. So God is into small things, especially small steps of obedience. It's kind of like how a parent or grandparent is into baby steps. If you can remember when your infant first took their steps or your grandchild, that was a big deal. You wasn't really expecting that child to run laps or be strong and stylish with their steps. You didn't care. All you cared is that child was taking some little baby steps. And you're like, yes, that's awesome. They're wobbling and fragile, right? But you're like, yeah, because you showed, they, the baby showed development a little bit of strength. They're growing up. That's what God wants to see in your life. Little steps of obedience counts with God. He's watching. How do, how do we know this? Because we see it in the New Testament, for instance. One, one of the most notorious little baby steps of obedience was the, the miracle of feeding the 5,000. Jesus tells his disciples, we need to feed all these people. They're like, we don't have any food. Well, he's like, well, this is rely on God. Let's see what we can do. One of his disciples shows up and said, I found this kid over here. He's got this little lunch, a couple of fish, a couple of pieces of bread, and he's willing to give that little lunch the best he could. And Jesus said, we could bring it here. We can use it. Next thing you know, he multiplies it, and there's this fabulous, outstanding uh, miracle. Why? Because there's a little boy that says, I'll take a little step of obedience. I'll fly the kite. All I got is a little lunch here, but you can have it. And God did an amazing thing. We see also in 
the scriptures where God talks about, man, if you give someone a, a cup of cold water in my name, to especially the least of these, you have done it to me. Just a little cup of cold water to someone, it counts with God. I see that. You've done it to me. That matters. There's a story in Luke 16 that Jesus was telling uh, about stewardship, managing the things that he has given to us. And, and one of the stewards uh, did, was, was foolish with the resources, didn't pay attention, didn't care, right? The other one did. And so Jesus said this, whoever is faithful in a very little is faithful also in much. And whoever is dishonest in a very little is dishonest in much. He's watching that very little. If you're faithful there, it's kind of like what Moses is saying. Hey, friends, he's telling these, this generation, man, be careful to pay attention. Fly the kite, even in little steps, to be faithful to obey God's commandment. See, when you're faithful in small things, God shows up in the big things. So, so how do we do this? How can we apply this to our, our life? Well, when you walked in here today, you got a little win the day card. It's got a, a fly the kite and uh, this, this little card and this graphic was ins inspired by me. Um, uh, so I don't know how many, several years ago, I, I shared this on a men's retreat. And uh, I, I had a note card that I carried around. And I would probably revamp it once a year, at least once a year. So I'd, I'd I don't know, first a year or something. I'd say, God, you know, what are the areas in my life that you want me to improve on? Where, where I need to go? Um, and so I wrote this, I took a little note card and I put it like this. And at the center, I was like, okay, I made a decision many years ago that I was going to live for Christ. And I just spiritually, it wasn't about being a professional pastor and all that kind of stuff. But personally, I was like, I need Christ. I want Christ. And Christ has done some amazing things in my, in my life. Praise God. Um, and, and so he's a sinner. That's where it starts. Now, I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm, I'm a, a worker. I got a physical body, all this kind of stuff. You know, so it manifests into all these different areas. And for me at that time, there's four categories. Man, I want to win the day. I want to improve. God's saying spiritually. Um, just because I'm a minister doesn't mean that I'm, that I'm healthy spiritually. You know, ministers can fake and be false. But personally, I wanted to grow spiritually. Uh, second thing was my relationships with my family, my, my wife, etc. Man, I need to improve on that. Uh, thirdly, I was like, okay, I want to, I'm getting older. I need to win the day physically. Anybody been there? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, and then professionally, right? Um, how can I improve? How can I be my best in my vocation? So God, help me with those things. Well, it really uh, helps us. If we want to win the day, there's three ways to do it. First is you've got to set your priorities. So I just kind of shared my priority, and I would encourage you to uh, set your priorities. Map those out. Now, for me, there, there's four. Now, personally, in the last couple of years, there's, there's a fifth one. Uh, we won't go into that one, but <clears throat> you might have three. You might have six. But use this card and say, God, what areas in my life do you want me to win the day? What, what is important to you that God can help you grow in that area? It, it might be spiritually, you're like, you know, I, I really need to get closer to God. I don't pay attention to him much or something. I'd like to pray more. I don't know. Maybe you'd like to get stronger or lose some weight. Uh, maybe you'd like to be promoted in, in your company, your vocation. 
uh, God help me to, to win the day to improve in those areas. Now, the second thing that we're going to see with this kind of exercise is that you got to start small. Okay, this is really important. This is what Batterson's talking about, about flying the kite. Start with the string. If you get the string, then you get the rope. In the rope, you can get the wire, etc. Now, why this is so important is because in our modern day, I figured out that it's hard to do big things, especially consistently. Why? Because we are highly distracted. We have so much influence and options, and we're just going here and there and there. So we set out these goals. We're going to try to lose this and go there. And next thing you know, it didn't work because it was too big, right? And so if we cut it down to bite size and say, what's some small steps to fly that kite? I'll start with the string, and I get that, then maybe I get that rope, and then I get that wire, etc. It's so important. Now, <clears throat> a lot of instructors understand this. For instance, uh, music instructors, someone trying to, um, a new student that wants to learn to play the piano, or <clears throat> let's say the young person that wants to jam out on a guitar. <clears throat> so they come into the, the uh, instructor and say, man, my parents bought me this electric guitar, man, and I just want to rip it up. Okay, can you teach me in three weeks how to do that, what they do on the videos, okay? And the music instructor's like, uh, no, that's not going to happen that way, okay? Well, how does it work? Well, good music instructors, like, we've got we to gotta break it down. We're going to start small steps, all right? So this lesson, we're going to teach you how to do one chord, ring, okay, Good. Go home and practice that, right? And next couple of weeks, we're going to give you a couple more chords. Or we're going to learn a scale. And, and well, what about that song that I want to play and stuff? Well, let's learn a couple of measures, just two or three measures at a time. And we'll stack those together. And before you know it, you're going to get through the song. And you're going to develop. And you're going to get proficient. But you've got to start small instructors, especially um, musical instructors, know that. It's the same way in our priorities of our life. For instance, your spiritual um, to win the day. That might be a goal for you. Well, what are some small things that you could do to help grow spiritually? Can I give you a couple of suggestions? So one of the things I really love promoting is this uh, version app. Uh, it's a Bible app on, on our phone. So it used to be we got this big, big Bibles. And I still have plenty of those. But this is so convenient because I'm walking around with this, this phone and I got all kinds of Bibles right here electronically, digitally on my phone. <clears throat> and the thing about the version plan, uh, they sent out a, a verse of the day. So you're like, well, I don't know. I can't read a whole Bible or a whole chapter, whatever. But you can at least... Look at one verse a day, a small verse <clears throat> every day. That, that could be your small step to win the day. Maybe your sl a small step would be, all right, when I get in the car, 50% of the time I'm going to try to find a Christian radio station. There's a lot of good music out there instead of just always the, the secular stuff. How about a portion of your listening, 25%? May it be uh, a Christian. How about you say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to try to limit my, my cursing down to one curse word a day. Would that be a, a nice uh, goal for you, M maybe? How about praying? Well, I don't know how to pray. I'm not used to all that kind of stuff. How about, I don't know, your goal would be one meal a day to pause and say, let's, let's, let's give grace and thank God for this meal. Or before you go to bed, just a couple of words to say, 
God, thank you for getting me through the work and help me sleep well tonight. I don't know, small steps and building your spiritual life could help you. What, what about relationships? What are some small things that could help your marriage or your friendships or with your kids? What are some small things? Here, here's a suggestion. Like you say, all right, I'm going to try to uh, say thank you to someone in my home, maybe my child or my spouse or someone, <clears throat> once a day. Uh, thank you for uh, getting dinner ready. Uh, thank you for taking out the trash. Uh, somewhere, just a small step, you never know how far that could take you. Uh, <clears throat> let's, let's say that you're like, I'm going to put on the calendar once a month or every two months a date night. We're going to start there. We're so busy and things are so cluttered. What if we just made a small step, fly the kite, one date night every two months? Woo! If we did that you know, six times of the year, that would be a big step, big victory. What if, we, uh, what if one of our relationship um, areas, steps, would be to not always um, speak up and always fire up my opinion? Um, you know, so let's say someone in your family or someone in your workforce, uh, they have, a, um, let's say, a political opinion. Man, you're just ready to jump on that. And man, and what if you just dial that down? And you're just like, okay, that's one of my goals is just not share, Okay. How, could that be more healing than, than uh, uh, adversing to that relationship? You know, in our house, house, we try to make small steps in our relationships. One of the things that helps remind us is that we have a, a chalkboard in the kitchen, and periodically we'll put a, a Bible verse on that chalkboard. And it's kind of a message. Hey, this is kind of our goal. For instance, uh, last month or so, it's been Ephesians 4, something that says, uh, be kind and compassionate to one another. Okay, that's code for let's watch how we speak to one another, right? Because we can, you know, I don't know who he's talking about, but we can, uh, you know, be harsh sometimes or demanding. We're impatient, right? And we're and it's like, okay, could we just a little bit, a small step, fly the kite to say, man, let's, let's just watch our tone. Uh, would you mind if, if you could get that something for me, right? Versus just demanding it. That's, that's part of our little relationship, uh, fly the kite goals. How about physically? Do you, do you know anything that you could do? Small steps? Well, I'm going to go to the gym every day. I'm going to lift for an hour and a half and red, run five miles on treadmill. You know how long that's going to last, right? But if you f- flew the kite and said, all right, how about treadmill twice a week? That's all. Let's just start there, right? Maybe if I can walk around the block twice you know, uh, three times a week. Could that be your physical step? Maybe it's like, okay, instead of a cookie after dinner, I'm going to choose an apple, right? One small step could be a, a game changer. How about professionally? All right, so I do want to be promoted. I do want to advance. What are, what are the small things, right, you could do? Maybe it's like, mm, I don't know, let's show up to work five minutes ahead of time. Five minutes, I don't know. Let's try that small step. How about that on Sunday nights, you kind of take out your calendar or whatever, and you kind of take a moment to block out your week, okay? Just kind of get planned a little bit. So when I get up on Sunday, Monday morning, I'm, I'm not behind and against it, but I'm like, okay, 
I, I think this is what it's going to work. Small steps like that could maybe help you vocationally or in your home and, and all the, the time pressures that you have. See, it all kind of goes back down when Moses was saying, so if you are faithfully obey the commandments I've given you today, big commandments, small commandments, I need you to fly the kite, start small, do the small things. Before you know it, God can help us show up in the big things. And the third thing, besides priorities, <clears throat> small steps, is whatever steps you take, let's try to do it well. Batterson said, said, how you do anything is how you do everything. How you do anything. So are we doing it well? Uh, does that count? It counts with God. Uh, how are we doing with our relationship with God? Are we doing it uh, consistently? Are we doing it with excellence? Um, and consistency is hard. Well, I would like to read the Bible and know the Bible more, but every time I start, I just get busy, can't do it. I was talking to Pastor Taylor <clears throat> this week about the sermon and some of the, the points. He says, you know, Jim, I'm on a f- three-year Bible plan. I was like, a what? A three-year Bible plan that you can get through the YouVersion app. He says, you know, I tried to go big and read the whole Bible in one year, but, man, there's just so much to read and don't have the time. But they give you bite size to get through the Bible in three years. And he says, you know, that's helped so much. I'm still on track because I figured out I need to be consistent. Consistency wins the day to do it really well. It's the same with our physical, same with our vocation. The boss might not be uh, paying attention this week, but if we continue to show excellence, continue to show consistency, maybe some people leave or get fired or whatever, next thing you know, you're winning the day because you've been consistent. And we want to do it with excellence, um, to sweat the small stuffs. So <clears throat> how we do things in our life. What if we don't do things with excellence? Uh, does that matter in your life? Uh, for example, what if you went down, you're hungry, it's like, I want to get go to Chipotle and, and have some burritos and food. Can you imagine those workers in the back kitchen like, yeah, we don't, we don't care for doing it well. I'm not sure what we um, cooked that, that chicken on. I'm not sure what the temperature is. Just throw it in that little tray there. And I don't think, has anybody got any tomatoes? And like, yeah, nobody showed up. Nobody cares. We just got some stuff. Put it together. Now, do you think you'd be going back there? Do you want to pray, pay that kind of price for that? You're like, whoa, I'm not even sure if the, the chicken's cooked right, right? And, and then what if you went to Red Lobster and like, hey, here's a, <clears throat> their menu items are very expensive, but you know, your, <clears throat> your waitress or waiter comes and they're stained all over their apron and stuff and the, and the napkins are all out of place and there's maybe something on the, the um, dish, dish because they didn't believe in excellence, right? You'd be like, yeah, I don't think I'm coming back, right? It doesn't attract us. It doesn't inspire us. But God wants us to do things with excellence and do things really well. You know, uh, what, what if uh, I said, well, you know, I don't care about messages, uh, excellence. I'm just going to mail it in, right? I'm just going to put something together Saturday night. I know what some of you are thinking. Yeah, Jim, we know you do that a lot. Uh, no, I try really hard to do some, some excellence. And if I didn't care, right, and just dream something up, I don't think you'd be listening in. What if our worship team said, ah, oh, you know, I'm tired, I'm tired. Let's, let's just come and just throw something together. And if it sounds right, and who, who, who cares? It, it wouldn't be something you want to invite your friends to, right? It wasn't something that you could, you could really worship to because there would just be all kinds of wacky sounds and weirdness, right? But we believe in excellence here at Faithbrook. It, it's God-honoring. 
You know, we want you to be inspired. So when you come on our campus and you turn into our church and it, and it looks, and we get a lot of compliment. It's someplace you want to be proud of. It's someplace you want to invite your friend to. And if we say, well, you know, who cares if a bunch of weeds grows around here and <clears throat> the carpet has stained and there's trash or whatever, that, that would matter, right? And, and if we were just kind of sloppy and disorganized, w- would you be inspired? Would you want to bring your friends? No, what we do counts. It counts for eternity. We want to be on mission to help people lead people into a new and thriving life in Christ Jesus. You know, it kind of reminds us of 1 Corinthians when Apostle Paul said this. So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. I mean, this, this can go to sports. This can go to our hobbies. This can go to, I don't know, how we mow our grass. I don't know how, how we look. Let's, let's be people of excellence. Let's do things well, even if it's small sizes. Let's give God the glory. So this means we have to be intentional. If we're going to fly the kite, we've got to find our priorities. Okay, this is where you want me to grow. Uh, find some strategic little small steps I can do. Okay, one block at a time or, or, or one habit at a time. And then we want to do it well. Now, some of you might be thinking, you know, Jim, I've, I've tried to be faithful in the small things. I've tried to show up to church. I've tried to pray and give or whatever. It seems like sometimes I have some setbacks. And, and frankly, some of those things can be discouraging. We have to go back to ha- habit number two, you know, to adjust, to, to kiss that wave. And how do we view that? But I can tell you that even though there's been setbacks and sometimes the big stuff doesn't happen and major miracles and answers of prayer, God is still watching you take those small steps because small things count with God and he loves you and he cares for you. He doesn't want you to give up. One of my favorite verses is 2 Chronicles 16. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You know, I, can you imagine if, if this is true? God is watching, and he's trying to find that, that person, that Christian person that's trying to be fully committed to obey all his commandments. And God said, that's who I want to pour into. That's why I want to encourage. That's why I want to help through the days. And that might be you, your small steps. God's watching. He wants to strengthen you to help you win the day whether it be spiritually, whether it be relationally, whether it be vocationally, etc. And speaking of small steps, there's a, a wonderful story that started right after the Great War, World War II in 1946. There was a uh, young father, probably truant, Kathy, who said, I'm trying to feed my family by opening a little cafe outside of Atlanta. He calls a little cafe Dwarf Grill. He put it right kind of next to a Ford assembly plant and all these hungry laborers coming in and out. Surely they could stop at my little cafe here. I could feed them some hamburgers and chicken and things and and make a living. Well, uh, there was other people popping up some little cafes and some hamburger joints around that place. And and people, he was finding out that they could get their hamburgers pretty fast. In fact, McDonald's in the in the 50s started to coming and and people were getting cheap, fast hamburgers. He's like, man, I, I don't know if I can do that. I, I really like, my people kind of like my chicken, and but that takes a long time. But Truett Cathy flew the kite. And he thought, you know, I'm going to make a little experiment here, and I'm going to take one of those hand-battered little chicken breasts, and I'm going to throw it in a pressure cooker because it pressurizes and fry that thing really fast. And that's what he did. And he, 
and he put it on a, on a hamburger bun, and he gave it to the customers and said, this is a thing called a chicken sandwich, right? With my little recipe, what do you think? And those com- customers like, man, that's really good. And he started realizing that he could mass produce these little chicken sandwiches just as fast as the hamburger joint could, could make their hamburgers down the street. And before he knew it, customers started coming, eating fast food chicken at the Dwarf Grill. In fact, it morphed and it grew so much that it turned into an phen- American phenomenon called Chick-fil-A. You ever been there, right? Great chicken sandwiches. Why? Because Truant Cathy was willing to fly the kite, try a little experiment of pressure cooking that, that chicken breast, and before you know it, depending on your taste buds, he changed the world, right, with the chicken sandwich, and everyone is following Chick-fil-A today. It's a great story of flying the kite. But more than that, it's a God-honoring company. If you do a little deep dive and look at their mission statement as a company, this is, this is their mission statement to glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that is entrusted to us and to have a positive influence on all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. Now, is there anything in that statement that reminds you of Deuteronomy 11, Moses' words about if you are faithful to obey everything that I've commanded you? It seems like that's the heart of Chick-fil-A. Man, we want to be faithful stewards. We realize that God has given us some resources, maybe given us this idea. So what do we do with that? Are we going to be sloppy with that? Are we not going to care? He's an entrusted with us, even the smallest details. And a lot of times, Chick-fil-A really drills down about the small details from how clean they are to their service. You, you go there, you'll notice if you, if you like, well, thank you, they'll say, it's my pleasure. Everyone says, it's my pleasure, because they're not looking to, to lowball on their, on their prices. In fact, they never go down on their prices. Or there's very few coupons or anything like that. They're like, no, we're going to have such excellence, inspiring service and product out there that people will pay whatever amount of money because they, they love us, because we're going to be faithful in the small things that God has entrusted us with and have a positive impact whoever is with us. It's a great example of flying the kite, that if we're faithful in the small things, God will show up as in the big things. You know, what's, what's kind of remarkable is that a hundred years before Truant, Kathy in 46, it was 1847, where the Elliot guy said, you know, if I could just fly a kite across this gorge, I think I could get that little uh, string and pull a rope and the rope could pull that wire, and those wires could pull those cables, and there could be an incredible connection between the United States and Canada with this bridge. He probably had no idea how that would expand and develop that area, and thousands and thousands of people would gravitate there, but it all started with that little idea, that little string. Could it be that God has a plan for your life? Instead of this massive overnight success, that he's just inviting us to take that one step to fly that kite with that one string. So, so what areas in your life <clears throat> is God asking you to fly the kite? And what are the little strategic <clears throat> areas, steps, uh, decisions that you can make that can grow and develop through the years? I invite you to <clears throat> take this, this home. Uh, there's extra ones in the back. Give that some thought. Give that some prayer. Um, <clears throat> for me, I would carry around that um, note card, 
in my, my wallet. Now I have it in my planner. I, I look at these, these steps. I want to be on mission because I, I know God wants me to win the day. God wants you to win the day, and it takes some of these habits. Now next week, we're going to be talking about um, how we go into uh, the new uh, promised land and what that's, that's going to take. I'm going to invite you to return or continue to, to watch. So let's, let's stand. <clears throat> we'll close out with a prayer. God, I, I know that you <clears throat> love everyone in this room and you love everyone that's watching today. And I pray, God, that you just convict us and show us the areas, uh, the priorities where we need to focus in to win the day. Would you help us have the courage to identify that? And then more than that, God, we, we pray that you'd give us the ideas. What is that small string? What is that small step from our relationships, from our spiritual life to our physical life uh, that we can take to win the day? You have a promised land for us, God. The promised land of the heart that trickles over to all kinds of aspects in our life, from our hobbies, our adventures, to our vocations. So help us today to stay on mission with you to win the day. We pray these things in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for watching. Thank you for coming and worshiping. God bless. Win the day. Have a great week.